African Americans have been among the most loyal Democratic voters for decades. The National Democratic Party publicly acknowledges the importance of black voters, but oftentimes their national platform issues don't reflect that. Only a few state parties have black caucuses. Now South Carolina has joined their ranks. Led by Johnny Cadero, the Democratic Black Caucus of South Carolina is still in its early stages, but is promising to be a force for change within the party. I sat down with Mr. Cadero to discuss the historic nature of the caucus and its plans to put issues that matter to black voters front and center. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing wonderful, thank you. Uh, thank you for taking time to sit down with me. I want to start out by asking you, when was the Democratic Black Caucus of South Carolina created? We're a new organization we've just created in the last, um, in the last couple of months. And um, we actually came into existence about two months ago, um, roughly two months ago. And we're a brand new caucus. Um, we're a caucus of the of the South Carolina Democratic Party, because we're an official caucus of the South Carolina Democratic Party. It's also my understanding that we are the first and only black Democratic caucus of the of the of South Carolina Democratic Party. So we're a historic organization and um, we're just moving forward. We're here, but we've been around for about two months now. Why was there a need for the black caucus? Well, I'm active in the Democratic Party, mm -hmm. in the South Carolina Democratic Party, and um, it just occurred to me that that we don't we didn't have an organization that was uniquely created and whose mission was to address the issues of of importance to African Americans in South Carolina. I did a little research and I found out that, for example, in Florida, uh, they have a Democratic Black Caucus, and that Black Caucus just celebrated their 36th anniversary. Um, I did some checking. Georgia has one. Florida has one. Uh, there's also a Black Caucus in the, uh, the Democratic National Party. So um, I thought it was just time. I thought it was time that we had, and, and, and the essential reason for that is because there are many issues, a plethora of issues that are of specific importance to African Americans that, in my view, have not been addressed by the South Carolina Democratic Party and by the Democratic Party generally. And so that um, it was time to put emphasis where emphasis should be, and that's for our interests and to get our interests on the front burner as opposed to the, our, our uh Issues being so so, or also ran. This is uh, this is something that we mentioned just in passing. Our issues need to be front and forward, and this is because I realize that we are that as African Americans are the core constituency of the Democratic Party, both in South Carolina and nationally. And so it was just time. And um, I talked to some people and uh, who told me that they thought it was a good idea, and I drafted the resolution. Submitted the resolution and it passed, and here we are. Okay. Um, so, what? Give me a, a brief example of what are some of the issues that you feel or the caucus feels that are pressing issues to African American uh, community in South Carolina? Well, in my humble view, um, Top on the list is mass incarceration. Now, a lot of people don't agree because they say that, you know, you're getting convicted of a crime, you go to jail, big deal, what's the problem? Well, the problem is this. The problem is that a good proportion of our young people in the last two generations have been incarcerated for the longest 
uh, sentences in history. What that has done is it, had, it has a ripple effect on the black community, generally speaking, economically, politically. While these people are in jail, they can't vote. A whole lot of issues are involved. So for me, any organization that does not recognize the importance of our young people to the movement and to our future and our progress and our prosperity has lost it. And so for me, that is, that is first and foremost. When we talk about numbers from the political standpoint, we're talking about probably 6 million people, of which probably 2 million are, are African-Americans who are denied the vote. So we see that it all impacts political power, it impacts economic power, because our young people who are being locked up are locked up during their most productive, both economically and, and biologically productive years. And so that becomes vitally important. The other thing is we have connected to that is the, um, is the uh, um, school to prison pipeline. Same thing is happening with us. Our young people are being prepared for prison, in effect, more so than being prepared for college. And I know some people would disagree with that. But the fact of the matter is, when we started putting resource officers in our schools, we get the thing, we get what happens like at Sandy Hook and other places, um, Sand, 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 Sand Hills, rather, um, and other places. And that impacts our future. For me, it's all about our young people, what they have, prospects, ability to make change, and the ability to get their hands on power. So bottom line for me is it is what I call power proportionality. That, that's Everything is subsumed in that notion. We have got to become at least as powerful as our numbers in the population. And in that respect, we are woefully in a disadvantage. And that's what I think we need to do. Those are the most important things. And we can go on. It's, there's education, or should I say, um, uh, lack of education. There is, um, there's underemployment and, and uh, unemployment. Um, we're, we're not being utilized. We're, be, we're being trained for jobs that, don't know, that no longer exist. All of those things are boiled together. But the important thing is that in any organization, when a core constituency is large enough, its issues have to be first and foremost. And simply because numbers would dictate, would dictate that fact. In this situation, it's the exact opposite. You know, we should have, I read the other day that we are approximately 45 million people in the United States. Um, of that 45 million, we exercise very, very little power, very little influence. And that could not happen except in a situation where we are politically undermined and politically disturbed. And that's the reason for the Black Caucus. What's the reception been like? Are they supportive? Are they saying, hey, you know, we don't feel we need one? What's, what's that been like? I haven't had anyone to not say we don't need one, <laughs> but we have had we have had people, both black and white, who have joined and who have expressed an interest in joining. Um, the reception so far has been, I'm going to say favorable, but it is my belief that one of the reasons it is favorable is because we're only two months old. Um, I think as we begin to grow and as we begin to, um, flex our muscles, so to speak, uh, I think that we may see a different result. And that's because necessarily we're going to be rub head, bump heads with, with some deeply entrenched um, political uh, operatives that may not like the new kid on the block. Not unusual, but certainly anticipated. What, uh, what type of activists work well with the caucus? 
we were, we rec we welcome any activist, any organization, any individual who recognizes the fundamental fact that we have been disserved by the Democratic Party. And the disservice to us by the Democratic Party has been political. I can't say it's always racial, but it is certainly political. And so all of the other groups who, uh, who are in terms of fighting for homeless, uh, you can name them. All of those are welcome in our ranks. But here's what we do not welcome. Okay. Or I should say, here's what I do not welcome. I do not welcome those people who, who believe that the same old tactics that we've been using since the 1940s are going to affect change for us today. Because one thing that's counterproductive, because those people are never going to come to grips with the views of younger people who are now taking over the mantle of leadership. And a lot of them, and myself included, recognize that if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, that's insanity. And so those are the people that I personally, I, I mean, anybody can join who's a committed Democrat. Anybody can join. I don't have a problem with that. But what I need them to know is that there are places where you can go and fit in with the old boy network. This is not the old boy network. This is a group of progressive African-Americans, Democrats all, who believe the change, the time for change is now. Not next generation, not next week, but now. How would we, uh, how would someone go about uh, getting involved with the caucus? Well, the first thing you would do is, uh, is to go to our, um, uh, search us on Facebook. Uh, we have a group, the Democratic Black Caucus of South Carolina. Just go and join us. Let us know who you are. That's number one. Number two, attend our meetings. Okay. Um, what we do is if you will contact me and I'll give you my email address, I'll be glad to uh, put you on our mailing list. And so you'll be kept apprised of what's going on. Attend the meetings, help make this caucus real and important by your participation. So it's the, it's the group, the Democratic South Car uh, Democratic Black Caucus of South Carolina on Facebook as a group. And also, I'm just going to give you my email address so that you can certainly contact me. And that is Cordero, my last name, C-O-R-D-E-R-O. One zero one eight at att dot net, and I will be I will respond to you. I'll put you on our mailing list, and I'll get you down. Johnny, thank you for taking time to sit down with me today. It is my pleasure. Believe me.